0: <laughs> Lindsay.
1: Hey Eric, my friend. How are you? I'm, you know, as good as one can be in a pandemic.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of um I feel like it's it's been crazy and it it, it, it like other natural disasters like a tsunami or something, it's yeah. kind of like the singular point of disaster. But this pandemic, it's like it's taking so long. It's a wild thing to like to yeah. wait through
1: yeah it's a lot to wrap your brain around it it's like who, it's just a lot of who knows it's mm. a lot of who knows yeah, yeah. who how knows what knows when who knows how yeah. we're trying to get through all that right exactly. now exactly like, yeah 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 <laughs> how are
0: you doing with things are you like generally feeling pretty good
1: I feel really lucky that I still have a job. So I teach for USC and I Mm. still teach for USC, but it's all virtual. It's all on Zoom. So I spend a lot of time on Zoom every week. Here we Uh, are. I feel so lucky to have my students. It's like the highlight of my week to see them once a week on Zoom. Uh, I teach screenwriting. And so Mm. I also have, I'm also fairly consumed with reading their stories every week, which is awesome. And then I also have my own screenwriting projects that I I'm still pretty deep in, so I feel really lucky to have all of that. If I did not, I think I would not feel as okay as I do. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Totally.
0: And are you um are you at like the place that you usually live right now? I feel like I saw a I am Instagram not. post. Yeah, where you like you
2: traveled yeah. somewhere. So right?
1: I definitely had a little bit of a panic attack like a week and a half before L.A. went on mandated lockdown like sure, i yeah. i am a news junkie i always have been i studied mm-hmm. journalism in undergrad for a long time i thought that's what i would do with my life mm-hmm. so I cannot help but consume a lot of news yeah. and i just read so much about this and i was reading a lot about italy mm-hmm. and my and when i got the word that my classes were moving online as soon as i got that word i was gonna wait through the weekend that weekend in la and like leave on the weekends but i mm-hmm. left on a thursday uh, in LA because, uh, in my lovely Koreatown apartment that I'm probably going to give up. I'm probably going to give up my LA address Uh, for a little while. Um, I could hear somebody coughing and coughing and I was Mm. like, I think I'm going to go. And I'm very lucky. My parents live in Lake Arrowhead. So I'm in Lake Arrowhead right now. Oh, cool. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Getting some family time,
1: getting some serious family time. I haven't lived at home in 20 years, which will, Oh wow. So my age, but, um, I've been at home first time in 20 years.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think the picture that I'm thinking of specifically was one of like snow and it was like gorgeous yeah, snow. It's I was like
1: "Snowing here a ton. It's been yeah. snowing like April 10th. We had like two inches of snow on the ground still, oh, wow. which is crazy. And, um, I haven't lived anywhere that has snow in a really long time. And hmm. my family's not from here. This is where my parents decided to retire. So hmm. I also, um, I've only spent a little time here, but I do love it. And I feel, again, just really lucky to have a place to not quarantine alone. Because I lived in L.A. alone by myself um, in a really small apartment. And I just... I also knew myself. I was like, there's no way I can do this alone. And I felt the quarantine yeah. coming. Like I knew it was coming, Yeah. Um, but I did leave a week and a half before we got the orders just because yeah. I'm such a news junkie. And I was like, yeah, it's coming.
0: <laughs> totally. No, yeah. I was yeah. thinking like, man, like, should I, should I like, like a similar thing, like out in Lake Arrowhead or like a friend out in the middle of nowhere or something. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm, I'm here in Pasadena. Yeah. And, uh, it's it's been all right. It's really weird like I feel used to it now. Like I just wake up in the morning and I'm like, yeah, it's a it's a pandemic and we're all locked in our houses and it like no longer kind of strikes me to my core like every moment of the day, which is That's weird.
1: That's true. Yeah, we've been in like a month and <laughs> a month and uh not even, not even a month, right? Exactly, legal yeah. one, I don't think has been a month. It's been about yeah. a month. But I agree. It's like we all probably have some kind of routine now a little bit and then so yeah it feels like life it still makes me very sad i hope that we figure this thing out sometime soon but
0: yeah i maybe this is like a bad thing to say but i'm like i'm more sad about the not like society not operating than i am necessarily about like the virus itself like it's mm-hmm. it's so sad that you know like shows aren't happening and restaurants like aren't full of people and like society like living like it's
1: yeah lack and, of lack of human connection is a very sad thing yeah. of like physical be physically being together yes. we're we're made for that i feel like so
0: yeah i completely <laughs> yeah. agree yeah it's fun to like do stuff on the internet but there is that little like delay and there is that like you know distance
1: yeah yeah,
0: yeah. um tell me about cuz i've been teaching like my private music students on zoom Oh, good. So, with your um, with your situation, is it a one on one thing, or are you doing no,
1: classes? No, I, um, I teach an advanced screenwriting class, and there mm-hmm. are. 10 people in that class and it's still the whole the whole group together everybody comes on zoom at the Mm. same time we still maintain our same class time as before Mm. which is nice so we have something consistent and Mm -hmm. um regular and then i teach an intro to screenwriting class and that class has closer to 15 people in it Mm. um so i mean everybody is much younger than you and me so they grew up with so much internet that i don't think it was a difficult transition for them <laughs> of course they would rather be at school and on campus and yeah. in an amazing like usc is an amazing environment to be in and this campus is awesome and so of course everybody has gone through some sadness of mourning mm. not getting their full experience that they anticipated but i do think that um there they enjoy classes, obviously, that they're still happening. And that Mm. um, I'm also trying to bring a lot of guests, a lot of working writers. And I don't think I would have been able to have these same guests, actually, had we been in normal class session, like we Mm. just had Franklin Leonard, who started and created The Blacklist, which is this awesome Mm. thing that uh, exposes writers who might not be normally exposed to executives and agents and managers and um the blacklist has now been in effect i think for about 15-ish years close to mm. it not quite um but the guy who created it joined us which was just an awesome thing i think to have and um if we were not in a pandemic i don't think i would have been able to have him in our class so that was cool
0: <laughs> yeah was it like yeah. a master class kind of like guest speaker situation?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to incorporate a fair amount of guest speakers because our classes are three hours long, which is Whoa. pretty long. And um, the only thing that is hard to do, and I really like to teach from example and show clips and whatnot, and when you have 15-plus people on a Zoom and they have all different internet and they might be in, like I have one student who um, is in Eastern Europe and I have one Mm. student who might be going back to Beirut and their internet is not so reliable. So showing clips is sometimes really hard, Mm. Um, but having a discussion with a professional just seems to work really well in the Zoom environment. So I'm trying to do less clips and more talking. And I think it's working.
3: (laughs) Hell
0: yeah. 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 It's quite a, it's quite a thing to adapt to. It's been difficult for me teaching on zoom. Like I feel, I feel very limited as an instructor to the services that I can provide to like a music student over the internet. Yeah. So what I've been doing is I've just been like preparing a lot more on the front end. Like I'll prepare something and then like scan it and email them a PDF and stuff. And, um that's that's been working and that's been better than nothing but your uh your your classes is there any like group discussion element or you mostly oh
1: yeah yeah I mean whenever we have these guests we we pause for everybody to participate and ask questions and Mm -hmm. um and then of course everybody has their regular writing to do so it's Mm -hmm. a workshop environment where we discuss and give feedback and the students give each other feedback on Mm -hmm. where they are in in this group so yeah (laughs) hell yeah yeah, so
0: fun. You just uh, you just let me know a couple minutes ago that you had a podcast for a long time
1: I did I had a podcast called welcome to the Clambake" that I started on inauguration day when donald trump was inaugurated So oh. I believe that was january 18th 2017 because he got oh. elected in 2016 and right. I did it once a week for two years Um, And I did it with a partner that I also write screenplays with and we still write together, Um, but she's also an actress and we and I like just like luckily like knock on wood like I got so much screenwriting work and she started getting a lot of acting work that we just couldn't keep up with the pace, but um, we started it because Donald Trump got elected and Play on words. It's a fe- it was a feminist comedic podcast. Welcome to oh, the yeah. clam bake. So yeah.
2: clam
1: bake is a gathering of ladies, and or your clam is your vagina. So um, yeah. uh, So we had it was it was an awesome time. We highlighted uh, women, non binary people, and uh, had discussions about like what does feminism mean in present day and what wave of feminism are we in and um how do we get closer to equality and it was really fun and we definitely had some in-depth conversations about things that I felt and I still feel of course are important to think harder about than we do every day (laughs) yeah is the
0: podcast something that you miss doing
1: I do. Of course, in this time, everybody's like, we all have time now. Like, what do we want to do? And um, I think I'm going to try to make some short films virtually. Um, But I've also been doing with the podcast. But I I think I'm just because film is my now my primary medium and I'm working the most. I think I'm going to see if I can't make some like one person short films and some some virtual stuff. I'm going to shoot a zoom short film soon. So yeah <laughs> what does
0: the zoom short film look like is it is it stuff like this or
1: yeah i'm gonna i mean I'm gonna shoot a, a first date a virtual date because oh I'm that's
0: so fun
1: yeah yeah oh yeah yeah and I have a lot of friends who do a lot of comedy, so i'm uh I was just working on it right now before we started this, but I think it's oh. gonna be a virtual date where they make each other dinner and it's gonna be a little comedic short. And- just see oh. how it goes. It'll be my first like Zoom short film. We'll see how it goes.
0: <laughs> that sounds really cute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh
1: yeah,
0: I love. Yeah, that idea. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because you're single, right? I'm single. Yeah is is the is the pandemic giving you of more of an existential crisis about being single or less?
0: <laughs> I wouldn't say that it's necessarily an existential crisis I've known maybe since I was so I'm 28 now yeah I think I've known very confidently for the past two or so years that I would really like to have like a a life partner that I can have children with and to like have a family like it took me like growing up that was like the example and I'm very lucky to like have parents that are still really in love with each other um, but then kind of becoming an adult and moving to LA and like getting out on my own, I had to like figure out for myself if that was really something that I wanted. And so now I'm, I'm confident that that is something that I want. So the, the pandemic has just sped that up a lot. Like yeah. it's something that I like wants a lot more and want to like start before the next big, <laughs> like, plague or whatever happens happens (laughs) um because there's a part of me that feels like I'm here like stuck at home um and I'm like not I'm not like going out to bars and I'm not going out to parties and I'm not like meeting like more women that I could potentially like find a partner for or something
2: yeah yeah um
0: so I wouldn't say I, I I wouldn't call it a crisis because I'm still kind of um, in the same lane that I was already like heading in but yeah. it has it has made it more intense
1: I think totally I'm I'm single as well and yeah. it definitely I already was uh dating a lot before this to try yeah. to find somebody because I'm definitely yeah. at a point in my life that I feel like my life is a little bit more together than it used to be and I would love hmm. to share it with somebody else and um hmm. dating was a significant part of my life in the last year like I was like, I was like on it, on the apps, trying to find somebody. Fuck so it's, yeah. it's weird to not have it as a regular activity. Mm. So I've suggested to some people, one of whom I met before the pandemic, I met him the week I decided to leave Los Angeles. I've been trying to be like, let's uh, virtually date. Let's, let's do this. Totally. And not everybody would like to do, would like to do this. <laughs> would not like to get on Zoom and have a long conversation. So anybody who does want to, like, props to them for considering it. And it's like, this is our normal right now, so why stop looking, you know? It's a chance to get to know somebody better.
0: <laughs> I, I, I totally agree. I think um, the past couple of weeks it's been such a shock, like, with – the pandemic and the sickness and society and the economy but now that it's kind of like okay this is what it is right now um i have been thinking about like uh exactly what you're saying like going on some virtual dates trying to like meet some people and it's funny that you bring that up because just i think it was it was two days ago two days ago I sent a text message to this girl that I have been friends with for maybe three years or something. And I always felt like we had like a bit of a chemistry and we'd hang out sometimes. And it was one of those situations where like, we'd hang out and we'd hang out like super late and super long
2: and we're
3: talking yeah.
0: a bunch and stuff. And, um, I always kind of had it in my mind, like, Oh, like I'm, you know, I'm interested. I think she's interested. I'm not sure. But, um, before the quarantine, I tried to hang out with her a couple of times and it was, I, I didn't know if she didn't want to hang out or if it was just difficult to schedule, if we were both just busy, like it wasn't clear, at, like if she was interested or not. So I just sent her this text message two days ago, like, Hey, um, I'm trying to remember what I said. Exactly. I said something to the extent of, um, like I'm attracted to you and I'd like to get to know you better. And, um, if you feel the same way, I'd love to like video chat soon or something, but like, uh, you know, if you're not interested, like no worries and um it was she's she just took like a hard pass like she was like not interested at all which was you know it's like it's it's, it's, that's what happened I took my shot I got denied whatever move on but it's funny that it's funny that you bring that up that was my like most recent experience but um it would be interesting to like get on the apps again or something or i've been maybe this is like way too old man of me but i've been even thinking of like eHarmony or something where like no, people people are like a little more serious because it's like i've for like a couple of years and i'm interested to hear what your experience has been with the apps yeah. but it's like i find on hinge and bumble like you have to sift through so much yeah then like maybe have like a positive experience with someone yes um, but on something like eHarmony where like it's a little bit more intentional and you both right. are I don't know, what do you think about all that?
1: I've never done a paid site like that, but my parents keep begging me to do one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're like, We'll pay for it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, they, really, they literally are. they like, should try one more. it's more serious, exactly what you're saying. That's so um funny. I have met many lovely people and people that I honestly wish it worked out with and some of them moved away and or never lived here in the first place. But I've been on Bumble and Hinge. I have not done Tinder in a long time because it just feels too much for me. But I've done a lot of Bumble and Hinge and um. And I have to say, like right now in this present day, it's very easy to, I think, eliminate the people who aren't serious or who aren't even taking this quarantine seriously. You hmm. can eliminate those people so fast because yeah. um, in this time, I've even had people who are like, Do you want to come over? And right now, the answer is absolutely not.
3: <laughs> totally. oh, we've
1: never met each other. Like, that's yeah. just mind boggling insane to me. Yeah. So you can quickly eliminate people easier than before because yeah. of course like with somebody be like do you want to get a drink it's hard to say no it's like that's the whole point of like why why we're on here mm. but now it's because everything is slowed down and finding people who are whatever their medium is to comfortably talk in whether it's continuing to text more or do a phone call like i understand that not everybody <laughs> likes attention like maybe you and i do because we're more like i don't know i've been a performer you're a performer totally. uh we don't mind putting ourselves on zoom but i understand it's not for everyone um sure. but yeah, finding, yeah. at least finding the person that wants to slow down and talk yeah. right now it seems easier to get to those people and find those people because you can eliminate the other people much more quickly right now yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I say you should do it, Eric.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I got the time. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: I guess that'll be like the new love story. It's like, we, we met in quarantine over the internet.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, one in four people in America uh, met on a dating app. One in four.
0: I believe it. Who
1: are married. I should have been more specific. One in four people who are married in America met on a dating app.
0: Yeah. I believe it. I mean, it just makes sense. It's like the technology's there. You might as well utilize it to like meet somebody.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. There's been a couple people that I've met on dating apps that I've really gotten along with. Um, But I don't know. I guess there is, there is a part of me that like hopes that like the person that I end up like having children with or like finding like a lifelong partner is someone that I met in like a real life situation. And I guess yeah. that's maybe like a little,
1: well, this is our real life right now. This well, is true. Real life, whatever that's... that means.
0: <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. Everything yeah. is totally flipped on its head. Yeah. One, one thing that I did recently, this, I, this may maybe getting too personal. I don't know. I, I like, li- I like wrote out a list of like the qualities of someone that I want in like a partner. And yeah. that's been, that's been really nice to kind of like, focus in and be like okay this is what i'm interested in and i know and like what you were saying before about like weeding out like okay like i'm not trying to hang out with someone who isn't taking the quarantine seriously you
1: yeah know,
2: like
0: having these like lists of characters my um my sister's husband told me the story about how he like wrote out a list of characters that he wanted in a wife and then he like met my sister and she was like those things and he felt like like manifested her into existence
1: yeah i do that list once a year maybe i should do it more often but i do
0: (laughs) that's cool (laughs) yeah that's really cool Fuck yeah! yeah. so Mm -hmm. with the um with the podcast stuff like tell me some like as someone who's just starting a podcast so you are my 11th episode of this like zoom thing
3: yeah and then
0: but back in november i was doing them at my house But I didn't post any of them because I was still, like, figuring out the workflow and, like, how to be a host and stuff. But then with quarantine, I was like, fuck, I can't have anyone over. I might as well just put out Zoom stuff. Yeah. Um, So those were the first public ones. But I'm interested to hear kind of, like, your story with your podcast. Like, was it it as difficult as you thought it was going to be? Like, what were some... What were some positive things? Yeah, things?
1: definitely. I think it took us a while to like hit our stride. I mean, the part that I did not enjoy was like how often, um, how often we had to promote and how hard we had to promote to just even build up mm. an audience and have people find us. Um, but then, like when we did start to get a core audience. Uh, It was great and those people i felt like vehemently loved our podcast which is always makes Uh. anybody feel good but um yeah i think a successful podcast like is finds its uh niche and i think the ones that are really successful are very niche and very specific about Mm. something really specific and i feel like the less general you are and the more specific you are just like all these murder podcast blew up because yeah. they're specifically about murder and I guess it hit a nerve on mainly women, which is not surprising because we get murdered more often. Mm. Like it hit <laughs> this like crazy nerve where people really wanted that content. And like all these murder podcasts, like my favorite murder, just totally blew up. And again, I think because it is so specific, mm. it has done really well. Um, and I think that's where we misstepped because we started out very broadly. We're just like, we're a feminist podcast, but you can't be that broad. So towards the mm-hmm. end, we were trying to be more specific and integrate like, um, recurring elements of the podcast that would come back week after week that again, I think made us more specific. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is a hustle and a grind like anything else though of, of totally. figuring out where, where do you, where does your podcast live and how do you become a good host and all those things. Yeah. If How I could do it you... all over, I would have tried to make us more specific at the beginning. <laughs>
0: cool. I hear that. Yeah. What were kinda what were some of the things you were doing to promote it?
1: Um so we we did end up on a network, which was great. Um cool. we we're in Campfire Media, which is mm-hmm. still a network, and I love those guys. They're really awesome and they mm-hmm. really love podcasting and So that definitely helped when we got on the network and we got on the network pretty early on. I think we did it for two or three months before we joined their network. Hmm. Um, And one of the two guys who runs the network is really good at promotion and he has a hit list where he sends a great episode out every month to a fair amount of publications. A lot of people on that network are comedians. So cool. he definitely of course would promote our more fun episodes. But we did have some really powerful episodes where people told their abortion stories and those ended mm. up getting a lot of attention. And obviously that's not comedy. And yeah, um, but uh, yeah, and he, was, and he was great at that stuff. And I def- we definitely learned a lot from him mm. of like kind of having that press list and hitting it up whenever you feel like you have an episode that becomes really special or Mm. is hitting on particular nerves or might appeal to that that blog or site Mm. but yeah (laughs) and then Instagram Instagram is very a very powerful promotion tool of of anything
0: Mm. yeah were you running ads on Instagram we
1: did I think we did try that maybe once but overall not a ton Mm. yeah yeah
0: What's the, uh, could you, this is a very big and broad question, and so feel free to veto if you'd like, but (laughs) maybe compare and contrast for me, like the feeling that you have releasing a podcast episode and releasing a short film
1: um releasing short films uh i feel like uh, ironically because i got very personal on that podcast and so did every guest that came on which mm-hmm. i actually think is what made our podcast pretty great is that people were really yearning to tell their story because people were so angry and upset and sad when trump got elected and yeah. um so people are really and we hit on of course issues that this administration has tried to um take away people's power in so many ways. And we were trying Mm -hmm. to hit on those issues and keep up with them a lot and found a lot of people that had really personal stories to tell about that. So it was so vulnerable, but ironically, I feel more vulnerable when I put out a short film than I did on those Mm -hmm. podcasts. Maybe because it is visual and because it is my favorite chosen medium that I've been working most of my life at trying to become successful, that... It, it's the same feeling, except this feeling is even more heightened. When I get to show something in a movie theater that I've done, or a short mm. film goes to a festival, I want to throw up at the beginning of it. Every time, beginning of every screening, I think I'm going to throw up. But it's um, but it's almost one of those like good throw up feelings because you finally have an audience for your mm. for what you did, and maybe it's also because you have to live, you have to live with film no matter what. You have to live with it longer. Period. Mm. when you shoot a short film you if you wrote it and i feel like when people make shorts they usually did because that's why you make a short because it's personal (laughs) you can can afford to make it because it's small it's not a feature so um you probably wrote it and you went through that process then you had to put together the whole team to make it maybe you handpicked the actors and you handpicked your dp and then you went through the process of planning that shoot and then you shot it and then you worked with an editor. And then maybe mm. you, if you really loved it, you paid for color correction and sound. And you probably, even though you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to spend nothing on this. Most, <laughs> most of the Time you ended up also investing money in some way. Mm. And so it, you have probably lived with it for a fair amount of time in these mm. quarantines. We're probably going to make stuff that we just like which is a cool thing because like all we can do is zoom or a one person short film. So we Mm. almost can't invest as much as we might have as if we were working with crews, which kind of makes me excited because all the other shorts that I've made in the past couple of years, they've all become bigger than I necessarily planned them to be because I'm like, Oh, I'm going to get my favorite DP and we're going to get some toys and make this look cool. And Great. We almost can't do that right now, so <laughs> you may as well just put push, push it up and see what happens. But yeah, I feel very vulnerable when I put up a short film, and I and I mm-hmm. I I used to act much more, and I haven't in a long time. Um, but I'm gonna act in this little Zoom thing because all I Hell have yeah. all I have is me. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, um yeah i feel super vulnerable i don't know why it just makes me so vulnerable when i put up a short i just want people and i
2: want
1: and i want to find it to find an audience and it's almost more difficult i think for a short film to find an audience than a podcast that you've been Mm -hmm. putting out every week because then people know because you're doing it every single week too
0: it's also kind of like the medium of a short film isn't something that most people regularly digest. Yeah. Like like most people wouldn't like sit down and like turn on Netflix and then go to the short film category or like on their Instagram like see a short film and like like it's not um it's not something like a podcast that maybe um well, how many years ago? how How long have podcasts been like really popular? Like eight years or something.
1: Yeah. yeah so, like ten
0: long years long. ago, like there wasn't like that wasn't a, that wasn't like a a societal perception of like oh, I'm gonna listen to a podcast while I'm on the train or while I'm driving or whatever. And now it's like a thing that people do. Yeah. Like it would. It would be cool if like short movies. Were something that people like really sought out.
1: I agree. If you're not a filmmaker, you're probably not seeking them out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I, and I, that's a, that's a sad thing, I think. But what, like, have you thought about that? And maybe, I don't know if we should call that an issue, but have you thought about that reality and like how the film industry might be able to change something like that?
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, we do already consume so much short form content cuz we watch web series or little yeah. exactly what you're talking about on Instagram so many comedians make little short videos and personations or little sketches and so we are essentially consuming something like a short film a lot I think especially like young people who sometimes choose YouTube over anything else um to just watch some short form content so and Quibi just came out, um, which mm. is all short-form content. Uh, Jeffrey Kat- Katzenberg's new company. Um, so society loves short-form content, but I guess we just don't use the same verbiage necessarily that it is a short film that they're watching. You Interesting. Know? Yeah, yeah.
0: So maybe um, like disguising it as something else.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this little this little fake virtual virtual date short film I'm going to make. I, I mm-hmm. hope people think it's a real, I'm, granted, I'm, <laughs> I'm, submitting, I'm submitting it to a couple of sites that feature short films, but um, I would love it if people just thought it was real. Yeah. A, an actual date. So I'll probably put it on YouTube for that reason. Like, I hope people thought it was like an actual date.
3: <laughs> How funny. Yeah. Hell yeah. Is there, there's no like
0: short film tab on netflix right That's like next something. to like
1: i don't even know i I, I don't think there don't is think so but there should be
0: i feel like if there was something like that it would just be it would be a thing that more people yeah would digest or
1: yeah. like I mean, think video, to look for Vimeo does a good job featuring short films. Yes, totally. To consume them, their short of the week category is awesome. Mm. Amazon has gotten better about acquiring short films, Mm. but yeah, if Netflix acquired short films, that would change the game. That would be incredible. They should, especially in this time where they are going to need content, and there's going to be a lag before we can go back to normal production.
0: It sounds like you have a pretty positive. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Let's get them on the phone. Yeah. It sounds like you have a pretty positive opinion of Netflix. I've heard like.
1: I I mean, I would love to make content for them. Hell yeah. Yeah. I have something that is apparently eventually going to get pitched there, but. Cool. I would be thrilled to work for them. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It seems
0: like they just own everything right now
1: and disney disney owns a lot of shit as well yeah disney owns so much i mean they own abc they own fox they they own themselves there's disney plus like they just own so much content it's Mm -hmm. insane Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. tell me about like your first experiences with making movies and that like initial spark of falling in love with it
1: yeah well i i got into film school right out of undergrad i went to the american film institute which Mm -hmm. was wonderful and thrilling and exciting and at at AFI you have to make uh, your first year you have to make three short films Mm. and they call them cycle projects and different people are in charge of the cycle projects based on your major so I was a screenwriting major and screenwriters got to be in charge of the first cycle project
2: Mm. and
1: producers got to be in charge of the second cycle project and directors got to be in charge of the third cycle project. Um, so each one was definitely an experience in figuring out how to both construct a team and work successfully with a team. And you're also required to do a certain amount of crew hours your first year to make those short films happen. Mm-hmm. So you end up doing pretty much every job on set, which is incredible. It's, that's an incredible experience to go through. Um, and a hard one where you're like, I don't have any desire to hold a boom pole and I'm like pissed that I'm <laughs> this
3: <laughs> holding
1: this boom pole. But at the same time, you have respect for every single person it takes to yeah. really make a good short film. Not yeah. that we were necessarily making good ones at that point in time. Some of them mm. are really bad, but um, you just you just end up having so much respect for what it takes and for each job in the industry. and mm and also truly understanding that because I'd never owned a video camera. I would never tried to make something like that growing up, but I was a really artsy kid and I always knew I wanted to write. Um, But I started out pursuing journalism Mm. and then I decided I didn't want to move to Kansas and report on cats. And so I really, in all honesty, I was 20, I was like 20 when I applied for film school. I was 21 when I got in, moved to Los Angeles, and I still was just such a rookie. So for me, I I needed to learn what it would take to do it. <laughs> um, but I really liked having, I really liked being forced to do all those jobs and understand them and work hard and yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, my brother makes is a filmmaker. Would he call himself a filmmaker? I think so. I think maybe he'd call himself a videographer. I don't know. He makes a lot of content for um, like companies and he, he made a documentary. He does. Maybe he'd call himself a filmmaker. I don't know. I've never asked him, but anyway, I've done some like grip work with him and I know what you mean about holding boom poles. Not the the funnest gig.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But a good sound person is so important. So as you know, you're a musician. That's like, totally such an important element to any production. So, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for me, the sound, and I think it's maybe because I'm a musician, but for me, like the sound is the thing that really sells it and makes me feel like, uh, makes me feel engrossed in like a world. Like everything else, like if the visuals are cool, it's like, oh, great. Like the story is great. It's like, okay, this is solid. But if the sound is good, then I can get like lost in it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Sound design is incredible. (laughs)
0: What was the opportunity with Cats in Kansas?
1: Oh, I was a journalism major in undergrad. And like um, I I went to a big job fair uh, as like with my journalism tape, like I was studying broadcast journalism. So I worked for the television news station in undergrad and ended up with a lot of tape of reporting yeah. um, which is what you need to get a job as a on-camera reporter
2: yeah. and
1: um, my only job offer I only got one after going mm. to this huge convention in Vegas like with my tapes like this how old I am with literal videotapes that I was mm. handing to people yeah. of like please watch me and please watch my reporting and here's my card and blah 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 the only offer I got was to move to Kansas and work for a local um, station in Kansas which is really typical for a reporter out of journalism school That. Yeah. Usually, where you have to start, you have to start at a really small local news network and mm. work your way up to a bigger market. Mm. And um, I just decided I didn't think that was for me,
3: <laughs> so yeah.
1: um, but I still love journalism and I still love, I particularly love radio, and mm. I definitely re- fell back in love with radio and reporting when I was doing my podcast so I wouldn't be surprised if it circles back to my life and Mm. um, I also recently have started making documentary pieces and I traveled Mm. to Mexico um, two years ago to work on um, a documentary piece about the migrant caravan coming Mm. up through South America and people immigration struggle to try to cross the border which was awesome and fascinating and um, I think it will just come maybe more just more through my filmmaking like I would love to make more doc pieces um, hmm. eventually so <laughs> yeah yeah Yeah.
0: on the subject of journalism I uh, admittedly am fairly I I don't ingest a lot of news
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm there looking you know. I'm looking <laughs> I'm, well I'm I, 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 I'm looking for I'm looking for news sources that I can like trust and get into what are some of the what are some of the like news sources that you look to to be informed
1: yeah i still love npr i love kcrw in los angeles i just Mm. think it's fantastic and um, a lot of the best npr reporters are now living in los angeles which is Mm. really cool that they have recently moved from dc or new york and live in la Mm. because we have so much news i think particularly they sent some people because of Immigration issues. I think that's mm. part of the reason why they moved a big bureau to Los Angeles um, Which is really cool uh, So I still have NPR. I think it's the most in the middle you can get it's still very left-leaning But it's still, at least it tries to be non-biased,
0: but um,
1: they have an amazing show that I love called Left, Right, and Center, which Mm. literally is giving you each opinion, which is so cool. Mm. That show was on five days a week. It's been on five days a week for maybe 25 years, which is awesome. Um, So they've had all kinds of people go through that show. Like Ariana um, Huffington was initially on there, I think, for the right. And now she's so left, which is even Uh, more interesting to like see. That happen um, in a very short amount of time, which is cool. Yeah, uh, I I like BBC news a lot. I, Same. I, yeah, yeah, I read a lot of BBC, um, and then I I will admit I I get headlines from CNN. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think CNN is decent, not great, but oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I was listening to a lot of NPR in my car a couple of years ago, and then I had this experience where. I was driving to a rehearsal at like 7.30 in the morning and NPR was talking about like something with Donald Trump and North Korea and um, like atomic bombs. And I had this experience where I kind of like, I went out of my body and I looked at myself sitting in traffic on the freeway at eight o'clock in the morning, like worrying about North Korea. Yeah. And I was like, man, like, the, like, yes, that is a legitimate issue that should be worried about. But like me on the freeway at eight o'clock in the morning, driving to a rehearsal was just like, not the time for me yeah. to be worrying about, like I was not going to do anything about that situation in that moment at that time.
2: Right, right.
0: Um, So I like turned the radio off and I honestly like haven't listened to NPR in my car since then. And I don't think no. that that is like, that isn't the correct reaction either. Like to go from like listening to the news all the time to go to like hardly ever listening to the news. So I'm trying to figure out that nice kind of balance where I'm informed, but it's also not like taking up too much space in my mind.
1: Yeah, I know. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Especially right now where it's like we need a certain amount of news to totally. understand what's going on right now. Yeah. And know what is safe to do and not safe to do. And um mm. it's unfortunate that people in charge are coming on the news and not telling the truth. That's so yeah. incredibly unfortunate.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then you almost need to listen and read more news to make sure that you're getting <laughs>
0: it's like this it's like this unending vicious cycle
1: it is i posted um i posted an article on facebook about california possibly having the virus earlier Mm. than other states and maybe we have more herd immunity because we got it earlier Mm. and uh i have a lot of very smart friends on facebook i've tried to curate my friends very carefully to just have smart awesome ones but uh Somebody instantly called me out on it and he was like, Lindsay, the person quoted in this news source is a Trump supporter. He's not even a real doctor. He's using, well, he's a doctor, but a doctor of like liter, uh, military literature, <laughs> like a medical doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, this is essentially Trump propaganda Mm. being spread as news and a lot of news sources like the news source i the news source i posted was a local los angeles news source Mm. um so even journalists are constantly getting duped by the amount of fake news because it's really hard when propaganda and fake news is being spread from the very top it then becomes so hard to determine the truth especially if you have people that are following you uh they are your supporters and they are spreading stuff that isn't true whether or not you've sanctioned them to make those statements or not which is just insane i just think our i think journalists have a really hard job right now and Mm. they're really important good ones are really important really really important right now oh yeah yeah
0: <laughs> yeah I have a lot of respect for it I was in I was in journalism class in high school yeah. and I wrote for the paper and I cool. I, I hated it so I have I have like a lot of respect for people who take it seriously because there's yeah. just like, for me, it's like the antithesis of creative writing. It's like it's like everything that creative writing is not. At least, good journalism is that. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And um, so, yeah, I have I have a lot of respect for people who take that seriously and want yeah. to be journalists.
1: It's a hard job.
0: And then the other thing, and I'm no expert at this, but the other thing is like I feel like the the system that journal like that articles exist in like just on the internet like it it, the incentives are that the articles that are going to make these publications money are is the articles that are going to get clicked on and the articles that you know are going to be able to sell ads um so it's like there's there's an incentive for people to be writing about sensationalist kind of things it's it's hard it's like they're they're there are a lot of things incentivizing like fake news and horrible news um but uh I, there's 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 not much other than like virtue and like doing the right thing that's incentivizing like good journalism so
1: yeah that's really true
0: yeah um, that's <laughs> hard I'm thinking like I feel like the best thing for me to do, and this would just require a lot of discipline is maybe like uh. Like three or four days a week at 7 p.m., I like sit down for a half an hour and just like do a bunch of news research. And Mm -hmm. then once that half an hour is up, then I'm like done.
1: That's really smart. You set an alarm so you just don't keep reading.
0: Because that's the thing is that I flip flip flop back and forth between reading way too much and then not reading anything. Yeah, and neither of those are good. No. Yeah. So.
1: I know. I'm trying it's to figure a, it
3: out.
1: It's kind of a yeah. It's a nightmare right now. It, yeah. it is. Um, it is, and it's like I also am not driving my car, so I haven't been listening to NPR, which is mm. the best, which is one of the best news sources, in my opinion. Totally. I've just been read reading, reading more, and probably reading too much. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I hear yeah. you. Um this is a little bit of like going back to way earlier, but you were talking about that um that like feeling of vulnerability when you're releasing yeah. a short movie. Um there's this guy we we might have even talked about this before, but there's this book, there's this like artist self-help book that I really love. There's the Stephen Pressfield, he wrote that like The War of Art book. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, um, but I haven't anyway. read it,
1: but people, but uh, many artists I know and respect love his book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's really, really wonderful, but he talks about how we can use that like that fear that we feel or that vulnerability that like wanting to throw up feeling. Yeah. We can use that as like a compass pointing us directly in the direction that we know that we should be going. Yeah. That he was saying like, by virtue of that being the right thing to do, you're going to feel so much more uncomfortable about it. I'm just curious if like, if that resonates with you at all with the short movies. That
1: if something makes you nervous, then you know, you're on the right track. In other words,
0: like it's like, I felt like when you were explaining that earlier, yeah, you were saying that, logically you should be more uncomfortable releasing podcasts because yeah. you're, you're literally saying more about yourself. Yeah. But For some reason you feel a lot more vulnerable when you do, when you're releasing the short films. Yeah. And I'm curious, like, just by, by going off of like what this guy, Steven Pressfield talks about, like he would argue that the reason that you feel that way is because short films is like, it's the thing you're supposed to be doing. It's like your life's work.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's
0: kind of yeah. like a spiritual perspective on it, I guess.
1: Yeah, that might be true. I, I, I do think I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. I, I love screenwriting. Okay. I love telling stories. Um, I look forward, like I just can't wait until I can be on a set again that will make me so happy the day that sets are working and in action. Even if it's not my set, I just can't. Wait, <laughs> mm. and I also have written a lot this year, and I got hired to write a lot of things this year, which yeah. was lovely. And I just hope they all get to become things. So mm. yeah, I think that might be true. And then, as you were asking me this question, I was also thinking, I think I also, I'm still somewhat new to directing. I've been a writer mm. for many years, but I have only started directing my own, my own work in the last four or five years. Um, and I feel a lot of responsibility when anybody gives me their time or mm. wants to be involved in something that came from my brain. I feel so much responsibility that they also feel proud of what we did, that mm. I think that is part of it. Like I, I want those people who are intimately involved to also really love it. Mm. And if they don't love it, then I feel really bad (laughs) so (laughs) i think that might be part of it too where it's like me and my podcasting partner and whoever came on the podcast and we just and we did it like every week for for two years it's like oh well then next week we have a chance to make a better podcast like every week you know but it's like it's like a short film is like once you put it in the world it's in the in a way it's feels maybe more permanent you can't really go back and reopen the box of that short film once you finished it. I don't know why you would, maybe you would, but it's a short film.
0: <laughs> that totally makes sense. Yeah. That's yeah. such a gracious, like leadership perspective that you have on things. Like I think of like a <laughs>
2: thank you. Like a
0: director, like I don't I don't know much about movies and much about personalities, but I think of like Quentin Tarantino. And yeah. like from what I understand, one of the things that makes him so great is he's so un- unapologetic about what he wants to do, and yeah. like he's making the thing, and he like like he's gonna be proud of it. But for you to take into consideration, like your whole crew and your whole team, I don't know. Like you sound you sound like a really wonderful person to work for.
1: Well, thanks. I I hope so. I hope I get Hell a yeah. chance to do it a lot more. Oh
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you um you have so many different skills like being an educator being a writer being an actor being a director like yeah. is is there kind of one
2: Bible, baby. <laughs> exactly
1: exactly
0: is there one of those hats or one of those roles that you see yourself really leaning into mostly in the future
1: well my whole life i i've been a writer like i went to a performing arts high school that i got in because of my writing um mm-hmm. So people have told me I'm a good writer almost my whole life. So I think that forever will be my first passion. And it really is. It's therapy. It's a salvation. It's a chance to examine humanity and your own faults and mm. desires and fears. And I write pretty much every day. So I feel like forever that will be my first Hmm. <laughs> my oh, first yeah. and forever thing and um you know I'm just still trying to figure out how to completely make a living doing that and it hmm. is a struggle and there's hmm. many talented writers in Los Angeles and around the world so hmm. uh, it's just um especially in times like this I'm so grateful to have it as I'm yeah. sure grateful to like sit down and play the guitar oh yeah good god <laughs> 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 yeah, it's, yeah. It's,
0: it's it's very important
2: yeah. Thing.
1: And I think I almost feel people who have something like that mentally probably feel less distressed in times like this because mm. we already are looking for those quiet moments in daily life to be able to sit down and practice our craft. And mm. maybe we had to work harder before to find that time.
3: Mm.
1: Um, so I, I don't feel distressed in this time. I feel somewhat grateful for it to have less noise coming at me to be able to just write. But maybe that's a selfish perspective about a pandemic. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, I think, that, I think that a little bit of selfishness is good because, yeah. you know, like if you, if you don't take care of yourself, no one else is going to do that.
1: That's very true. And That's
0: if true. you're not taken care of, then you're not going to be in a position to help others. I think. That's
1: very true. That's
0: and true. I also think um at least for me where I'm at in like cuz I'm I've, as I said earlier I'm 28. I feel like late 20s, early 30s is kind of a time to be very like me and my career centric and then hopefully you know, in my late thirties or early forties or whatever, I can be in more of a position to kind of like help people more. Like uh, maybe that's bullshit and a cop-out, but um, I do spend just a lot of time thinking about me and my music and my podcast and my blah, 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 blah. That, um, yeah, that whole like self selfishness, self-centeredness. It's a, it's a balance.
1: It is, yeah. yeah. It is. <laughs> um,
0: with writing, what what's your favorite like thing to write toward? Is it for the screen or?
1: Yeah, I mean that's what? pretty much um, all the writing I do these days. Right. I was challenging myself to write a poem a day for a little while. I saw those yeah. I saw a um, lot of <laughs> those. Yeah. yeah, I do really love poetry. I feel like it's another like neglected medium that we like don't sit down and appreciate very often anymore but i love poetry and the i think sometimes the art form of like not having expectation on my writing like i don't have any expectation if i sit down and make myself write a poem like Mm. i also like part of me knows it's probably going to be bad which is really freeing because when you're almost always writing screenplays with some expectation for what is the destination of this gonna be.
3: Hmm.
1: Um, And also this this past six months of this first year, we haven't even hit six months, but it feels like it. Uh, (laughs) Four months of this year um i've primarily been writing on assignments that i got hired to do so it's not even just my expectations that somebody else's on what this thing is going to be but Mm. to just like sit down and write a poem like who who cares what it is Mm. in the end which is so nice and freeing and fun to do that sometimes just for your brain to be like okay i'm just gonna write this just for whatever reason
0: (laughs) hell yeah i started um a couple months ago i was practicing freestyle rapping
1: Oh, I would awful. like,
0: I would like turn on a metronome, like very, very slow or like a drum beat, like very, very slow and just yeah. like, try and do it like at all. And yeah. it was, it was very, it was very much the same. I think a similar kind of thing. Cause like, I'm, I'm not interested in being a rapper. Like yeah. my, my main thing is like, I would, I would love to be a great songwriter. Like that's something that I would, I would love to be. Yeah. And then, so then like freestyle rapping is this, like it is songwriting, but it's this other, this other kind of thing that I suck at that I don't need to be great at, but it's kind of like fun to suck at.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's nice to just have any kind of exercise that gets you out of your own head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. 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 I totally agree. Um, how has, uh, how have your days been over the past couple of weeks? Have you been like trying to structure yourself and have a little bit of routine or has it been like really restful and like, yeah, fulfilling?
1: it has not been restful. Cause my parents also literally just moved to their retirement home. Like, oh, uh, so
0: you're by you yourself. Know.
1: No, no, they're here. This is their. Oh, home
0: this is the. Okay, okay, okay.
1: Yeah, but you can also just see like bedding in the background. Like I don't uh-huh. have, I don't have a real bed here yet. They mm. just moved to this house. Um,
2: yeah,
1: uh, they were living in a condo before. So I mm. feel again lucky that I was here to help them because it's yeah. a really stressful time to move. Um, my dog also just passed away oh my um, god
0: yeah I'm I've so
1: sorry weird pandemic she was 14 and a half so she mm. had a great life but yeah. um, that happened like the first week of quarantine where I, so I was Whoa. just like, a little bit emotionally beside myself um, but again I'm so grateful for my classes because on Mondays and Tuesdays I, I do have a really structured day. Yeah. Um, I like to read everybody's assignments that they have every week. I like to read them on the same day that I teach because mm. I feel like I will give the best notes that way. That's so cool. I have Like both written notes. And then we also do class notes on Mondays and Tuesdays. So my days are really full both those days. Mm. And then I will not lie. I've not been good at giving myself structure the rest of the days. I've just been like, I have a lot of writing to get done and one assignment I'm working on with a partner. So we pass stuff back and forth, but I've been letting myself be like right in the time of the day when you want to. And sometimes yeah. that's been when I first get up and sometimes I will say more often in this pandemic, it's been between the hours of 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. Totally. Um, so I've been staying up much norm, much later than I normally do. And mm. I also have had terrible insomnia in this pandemic, which I heard mm. many people have had. But mm. um, so sometimes I'll just stay up and write until I can fall asleep. So, mm. yeah, <laughs> I haven't given myself structured days. Have you?
0: <laughs> I've been trying to. Yeah. Um, I tried to have like Uber structure and that didn't last super long. So I'm, yeah. now I'm trying to have like moderate structure. So my moderate structure is that when I wake up, I have to write a to-do list. And then yeah. that day I need to get the to-do list done before I can do fun stuff. And that's yeah. like my moderate structure. And then I also have this, um, I have this small group that I made in January where all it is, is it's basically like a, it's a self-help group for weekly to-do lists.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's like really, really cool. Um, I'm, I'm very, very happy that it exists and that people are into it. But um, basically like it's every Tuesday night and now we're doing it on zoom because of the quarantine, but people used to come to my apartment and um the meeting lasts for an hour there's like a lead sheet that the leader just reads from so every week someone else leads it and it's always the same thing and basically like all it is is we meditate a little bit up front and then we have a little bit of time for sharing and then we write our weekly to-do list what we want to get done that week
3: yeah and
0: um so the idea is is that if you're a part of it and you're coming every week then you're always talking about how last week went and how next week is gonna
1: go yeah that's great that's really great
0: Yeah, so that's been really helpful to like get stuff done and um i've been having like the opposite of insomnia i've been sleeping like a lot like i'll sleep like 10 10 hours 11 hours 12 hours like every night in a row like it's it's weird because usually before quarantine i would sleep like five hours six hours and and then once a week sleep eight hours and that was usually like my routine and i felt fine on that yeah um so yeah, oh, I'm
1: still sleeping a lot. I'm just staying up really late.
0: <laughs> <laughs> cool. 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 <laughs>
1: yeah. That's
0: dope. That's dope. Yeah. Another thing I've gotten really into is cooking, and I'm not yeah. like I'm not like an amazing cook or anything, but like just yesterday I poached an egg for the first time.
1: Nice, nice. So I'm
0: like trying to like you know I'm trying to up my game just a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, fun. I'm the resident baker in this house. I bake. Oh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love baked goods.
1: Yeah. Me the, too. Thing, <laughs>
0: the thing about baking <clears throat> that I'm still like trying to develop a positive relationship with, like baking is, um, I feel like there's not as much room for experimentation. Like the recipe kind of like is what it is. Yeah. And if you change it a little way, it very dramatically changes like, what the baked good is. Totally. I feel like with cooking, like, I have more room to, like, experiment and make it my own, which is fun. Yeah. But, um, God, I, I love cookies. Like, yeah. all that shit is just totally. so good.
1: Yeah, we've already had three loaves of banana bread, two mm. rounds of cookies. Mm. Yeah. I love, it. <laughs> I love it. It's not just me. There's other people in this house, but yeah. <laughs>
0: I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> Hell, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Hell yeah. So, um, like, big, like, life goals. I don't know if you like to think yeah. of this way, but kind of what, when it's all said and done, like, what, what would you like to accomplish? What would you like to be doing? I,
1: I mean, most immediate goals, I really want to direct a feature. I Hell have yeah. directed a lot of shorts now. I've directed some music videos. I want to direct one for you. When Hell yeah. Situation. Yeah. Um, that's how we met we met on the internet i liked your music which is so cool and i Um, love your
0: movies you're so good at what you do thank
1: you so that's the most immediate goal and i've had that goal for a long time so Mm. i haven't really in all honesty straight out of that goal because it's something i really would like to achieve and figure out how to get done Mm. um and some of these projects that i'm writing right now i'm attached to direct and um that's definitely the most immediate goal is to just be able to direct my own work and continue to figure out how to make more of a living at it Mm. so that I don't feel like I always have to have three or four jobs. Um, I'd also like the pandemic also makes me feel like I would really like to get married. That's a life goal.
3: I'm
1: a, I'm a hopeless romantic. I write a lot of romantic comedies. I get hired on a lot of romantic comedy Mm. Um, and you don't get married if you don't go on a lot of dates. So yeah.
0: (laughs) <laughs> well, you got a great perspective on it. I totally agree. I feel like I'm in a, I'm in a similar place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't know. Um, when you, do you have like friends who are married?
1: I do. I'm. I. I. Um, I almost never am in my age, but I. I am fairly You're older fine. than you, Eric. You're <laughs> fine.
0: Not, You're It's. I'm not. That's not, not a, what I asked. That's. I'm not I'm a just...
1: super young lady anymore. So, um, most of my friends, the majority of my friends, are married. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. Or in a re- serious relationship of some kind.
0: It's funny. It's yeah. like I don't know. I look at my friends who are married, and some of them, like I could. Well, maybe I'll just be honest. <laughs> I look at I look at most of my friends who are married and I just think to myself like I'm I'm not really interested in what they have. Like what that is, like
1: Interesting.
0: That's not really what I want. Like I, I I feel like I know what I want deep inside, but that's not like modeled very yeah. often. Yeah. Um cuz like I want I feel like this isn't like the only aspect but just to like unbox that a little bit like i i feel like a lot of my friends who are married um they really kind of become the same person together like uh, they're, like they're no longer two people they just kind of become this couple
1: right, right. and
0: like when they're not with each other they're like <sighs> this is like a this is a weird thing to say but i feel like my my guy friends Yeah. A lot of them will get married and then they change. Like they kind of compromise on things that they used to love because their wife like isn't as into it. Yeah. And then like, we'll be hanging out just me and him and he'll like, want to maybe like say something that he he thinks is going to be funny. Or he like, I kind of feel like he wants to express like,
2: (laughs) like
0: a certain amount of stoke. About something, but then yeah. I can see him kind of catch himself, as if his wife was like in the car. Yeah, you know what I mean. But like, so, which is which is maybe uh, who knows if that's actually what's going on. But I feel like um, I feel like a lot of my friends to 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 get to the point of what I'm trying to say, a lot of my friends who are married like are don't continue to be individuals. Sure. And like, like that's something that I would love to be able to figure out how to do, like how to have. Yeah. A really...
1: yeah. Well, I'm friends with a lot of stubborn, creative people. So they've mm-hmm. managed to, I think, maintain their individuality mostly. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell and, yeah. I, and, you know, I think I guess I'm, I'm surrounded by a lot of good examples of married people. Cool. I know people that I, to myself, don't think should be married, but
3: <laughs> 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 the
1: ones that make it work, I, I really admire.
0: Hmm. (laughs) what do you think about like the idea of well just like slapping the marriage thing on it like would you be happy just having a partner and like not yes yeah yeah
1: totally i think that my interesting thing vision of relationships throughout my life has changed probably 10 times so (laughs) same yeah. yeah. And no relationship is different with every person that you decide to be in a relationship with. So totally, I don't even think you can like truly predict it all. But I think like if I was really in love, I just want to throw a damn good party about it, you know? Hell yeah. <laughs> That's
0: beautiful. Yeah. I, yeah. Like
1: that.
0: <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh-huh. um, Tell me about working at USC. How did that come about? Um,
1: I applied to work there, but oh, they yeah. posted a job for a screenwriting teacher. Uh, one of my friends was previously there as a screenwriting cool. teacher. Now he teaches at Emerson. His name is Ed Lee. He's a great yeah. writer. Um, and I'm pretty sure he put in a good word for me, which is very kind of him. Oh, yeah. And you go and you interview with the panel of um the director of the program and this assistant director of the program, and mm. they're very talented screenwriters. The guy at the time I got hired, the guy who wrote Top Gun, um, mm. <laughs> was interviewing me. He was the one that decided to give me a job, um, and he is wonderful. And there's some very, there's just amazing faculty members there. So it's always nice to feel that level of approval by your peers, and I think I managed to make them laugh and. So I got the job. Oh, <laughs> <Hell> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it seems like a pretty, like, prestigious institution. So it's really cool that you've been there, and it sounds like you, you're yeah. having a really positive experience teaching there.
1: Yeah, I I mean, not that I'm biased or anything, but I think I have the best students in the world, and it's very cool fact, that I have yeah. students from all over the world. So mm-hmm. it yeah. is a great experience. It's a, It's a wonderful, idyllic place to go to school with, open-minded talented hard-working people Dope. yeah Dope.
0: <laughs> fuck yeah hell yeah. yeah well i think we should kind of wrap it up a little yeah. bit is that all right it's with you me.
2: what
1: is this called again what's this, this podcast? Is, it's
0: called it's called will you be my friend
1: oh thanks for having me on will you yeah. be my friend and i will be your Horrors. friend
0: Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Before, yeah, we, before we go, maybe like the last thing I would say or ask about, like if, if, if there was a young, actually I have two questions. Sure. Um, I'll ask this one first. So I, I have a very ignorant question to ask of you that okay. I, I've never asked someone before, but as you were talking about like having a feminist podcast, like I feel yeah. like, and you being in the, in the film industry, you'd be a good person to ask about this. Um, I feel like from when I was a kid to now, there was a change between calling a female who acted mm-hmm. like an actress and yeah. an actor. Like right. I'm, I'm just curious if there was uh like w- what is, is there, is there a story behind that? I mean, it makes sense. It's like yeah. everyone's doing the same role. So why would you have to call it a different thing? But yeah. um. I don't know I feel like this thing in culture like changed Mm -hmm. and I never like I never like read an article about it or something and like so Mm -hmm. I still have to catch myself and like make sure that I'm saying the word actor
1: um I don't really at least amongst my group of friends I don't know anybody who gets offended if you call them an actress if they identify as a woman but I think that overall it's just how we're progressing as a society, which I think it's so cool to be alive in this time of the world where gender and sexuality um, have labels if you want them to have labels or Mm. don't have a label at all, which is so, so cool. Um, Mm. And I think I, I don't think that it's my generation that has done this. I think it's the generation after me and um, I respect them even more for that. Um, and I think that I struggle to try to take my thinking out of a binary world.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and I love that. I feel like overall society is moving towards a non-binary world, which makes mm-hmm. me really excited. I think it's really cool. Yeah. I'll call what, whatever anybody wants to be called. I will try to call them what they, however they would like to be called. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Okay, I was under the assumption that it was like no longer okay to use the word actress, but is that still an acceptable?
1: Yeah, title I mean, I guess either? I just call people by their names.
0: <laughs> yeah, that too. Well, I guess in the conversation that we were having, I mentioned yeah. I mentioned you and your experience with acting, and there yeah. was a split second in my brain where I was like, oh, use the word actor. Oh, I think it was when we were talking about like the different skills that you have and the different hats that you wear. I was like, there was a moment where I was like, I used used the word actor. Don't say actress.
1: So I just
0: just wanted to ask you about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a preference about that, but yeah, I, again, I just think it's like progression in how we identify people and being more careful and respectful about it. Yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Cool. Dope. The other, the, the, the final actual last thing I'll ask you is if, if there was like a young person who wanted to start writing scripts and start teaching at USC and had all these hopes and dreams (laughs) to live the life that you're currently living.
1: Yeah. uh, What,
0: what's some advice that you would have for them?
1: Um, carve out as much time as you can to write, just write your ass off just write all the time, read screenplays. Um, I love also like reading a screenplay and then watching the movie or vice versa, watch the movie and then read the screenplay if you really love that film. Uh, yeah, there's almost nothing more valuable of like learning structure and learning what works in a script and also seeing how the script changed from when it was in script format to when it ended up on the screen. That's so valuable, I feel like. Um, try to meet people. You don't necessarily have to live in Los Angeles to make this work, not again, because of the virtual life that we're living. There's so many ways to connect with people, especially Twitter for writers. Twitter is like a huge way to meet other writers now. Um, If you wanna write to me or follow me on Twitter, DM me on Twitter, I'll give you all the hashtags to follow and tell you some amazing writers groups to become a part of on Twitter. yeah and just keep writing
0: <laughs> hell yeah yeah
1: yeah
0: that's good advice
1: <laughs>
0: thank you lindsay
1: yeah thanks for having me
0: of course yeah we don't have to uh sign off of the call just yet but let's sign off of podcast okay <laughs> all right thanks for listening everybody
1: see Bye, you friend. next time
0: <laughs> well, i want to know what it's like to create inside your mind tell me every little thing you do
3: raise my empty whiskey
0: glass to the hour that just passed cause i'm glad i spent them both with you feel free to plug your record tell Feel free to share with us the words of wisdom learned with sweat and blood. But before you leave, there's just one thing I've saved right for.